Welcome to the next Mustang Owners podcast episode. In this episode, we will be introducing John Clore, the Enthusiast Communications Manager at Ford Motor Company. John will host the Mustang Owners podcast twice a month, so be sure to follow John's podcast schedule as it will be listed on the Mustang Owners Museum's website. John, welcome to the Mustang Owners podcast. Really appreciate your time and being part of our podcast program. So at this point, take it away. Well, thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here tonight and really every other Thursday night uh, to spend time with you on the beautiful podcast set up by the Mustang Owners Museum. And why is this a beautiful thing? Because we're going to help you really understand and enjoy the Mustang hobby. I know a lot of people are wondering, hey, Ford's got a communications manager for enthusiasts. Why is that? Well, it's just what happens to Ford vehicles have clubs following almost every single brand we've ever built in 118 years. Of course, enjoying that collector car, enjoying that Ford vehicle, it goes a long way when it, it, it takes a chance, just an opportunity to be with people that share your love and belief about your car or your truck. So today we're going to talk about the best way to enjoy your Mustang, and that's by getting involved in the Mustang hobby. And as far as we can tell, over the last 100 years, the best way to get involved in the Mustang hobby is to join a Mustang car club. And the Mustang club scene is where it's happening. Now, sure, you can go to your cruise in and just drive around by yourself and try to figure out ownership by yourself. But I'm here to tell you that joining a Mustang club is the best way to love your ownership experience and to really find out that the cars and the friends that love Ford Mustangs will last a lifetime. So there's nobody better in the United States of America to talk about that than the president of the Mustang Owners Club of Southeastern Michigan, Mr. Mike Ray. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, John. Are you kidding? When we talk about the Mustang hobby and loving their Ford Mustangs, yeah, there are a lot of people who think, well, I'll just buy a Mustang, drive it around, and have fun. But, Mike, you and I both know, after being in this little hobby for so many years, that being in a club makes all the difference in the world. And you, being the president of one of the largest, most active clubs on the continent, it's got to be something more special to you just to, to see this whole hobby blossom, even in just the last 10 years. Absolutely. That's what it's all about for me from day one, from when I joined was, what can I do for the club to um, make the benefits that the members receive better each and every year, um, to make a lifelong friend in the club or to make an experience that they will never forget due to something that we planned for them and uh, that we made happen. So, yeah, that's absolutely the whole entire goal for me from, from day one until the current day today. Well, Mike, you know, uh, a lot of people that I meet and they have Mustangs, I always say, maybe a Mustang club, they go, no, no reason to. And I try to, you know, wince a little bit and, and say, really, like, you, no reason to. And I don't think people really understand, even when you pay dues, uh, and that's just a Facebook page where it's free and you can, you know, just jump on there and you know, talk to a few people. It's the pay for membership clubs that really drive the hobby with events and things to do and also with the knowledge base. And I, I try to tell people, Mike, and I hope you can back me up on this one, that when you join a Mustang club, that 20, 30, 40, or 50 bucks a year, whatever you spend on your dues, will be paid back many times just in one decision on either servicing your Mustang, getting it painted, having repairs done, advice on parts. That advice from people who've been there and done that, that is priceless, not to even mention all the fun that you can have in a club like Moxham. 
Yeah, I agree a thousand percent. And uh, we like to joke around and say that you're going to get your money back just in food alone <laughs> that we, <laughs> we host at events. So um, there's a lot of events where we'll provide food um, or a lunch at a cruise or um, we did a cars and concerts where we ordered pizza for the whole entire club that showed up. So um, those things are really, really cool um, that we can, like I said, provide benefits. And like you said, there's a lot of sponsors. Um, that are um, involved in a lot of the car clubs around the country. And with those sponsors, you usually get a discount. So if you're ordering a $500 part and you're getting 10% off, well, you just saved $50 and there's your um, <laughs> loan. So, and that's um, definitely the case with us. And I'm sure with a lot of other clubs around the country as well. Well, and that's for sure. And so just in case our listeners aren't sure of this, I mean, when we started the Ford Performance Club Connect program just a few years ago, we identified over 800 Ford vehicle clubs, and we wanted to make sure that all of them knew about the programs because Ford wants to connect with every one of them. There are also thousands of Facebook pages that we're not even uh, sure we have even a list for. So there are a lot of car enthusiasts out there. You might think that the, the love of the car and uh, the enthusiasm around uh, our mode of transportation has been dying off in the past, past, what, 10 years? But, Mike, I have to tell you, by watching Moxham, since, say, the Mustang's 50th anniversary, your club continues to grow. And I think you experienced the growth spurt pretty much when you started becoming the president. Yeah, when I joined back in 2005, uh, we had just hit 200 members. And so um, I came on, there was a lot of new board members that kind of joined on. So it was kind of a new group. And our goal was to double that number in two years, um, to get to 400 members in two years. And we did it. So uh, that was our first stepping stone, if you will, to um, putting a, a project out there, uh, a mission, and working together as a team of, with board of directors to make it happen. And we absolutely did that. And then the, um, right before the 50th, in 2014, we got up to a little over 900 members um, that were active. Now you got to remember, um, and, a, and a member in our club is just like a household. So if there's two, or if it's the husband, wife, and the kid, and they're all into the Mustangs, that only counts as one. So there's actually way more people than that in <laughs> the club than the 900. Um, like as a, as, a, as a fact is that we have over 1,600 cars alone, Mustangs alone in the car club and like i said we don't have that many members but we have members that have two three five sixty <laughs> so um you know it really depends on what happens there but um yeah i mean it's it's definitely been the growth period and and it's fun doing it because you're meeting all new people while you're doing it you're providing benefits to them and letting them enjoy their car just like all the other people in the club so you guys all have that bond together and you get to meet people like you said if you're doing a restoration you're doing a repair someone in the club has already been there and done that and it's nice to be able to reach out and meet the people and and learn firsthand with that and to me that's priceless well and mike you know that's the, the funny thing that a lot of people talk to me about when it comes to mustang clubs and even really any vehicle club when you think about it whether it's a a falcon a fairlane a you know a, a pinto the pinto car club of america has got over five thousand members i mean it doesn't really matter which vehicle you follow, but when we talk about Mustang, of course, it's the one that's still in market. It's the one that pushes everybody's button. And as you and I have long said, everybody has got a Mustang story. And you don't have to own one. You don't have to have uh, ever even even driven one. But you've got a Mustang story. It could have been the guy in the street. It could have been the kid in high school. It could have been your uncle. Um, you just got a Mustang story. And I think I, that's what makes your club being following Mustang and plus being in the Detroit area, 
uh, I think, just so popular. What what do you attribute the popularity of Moxham to? Well, you know, you're absolutely right. You really hit the, the nail on the head on that one. And I'd like to quote um, the Mustang and Shelby brand manager, Jim Owens, where he says when, you know, to describe a Mustang or what's the feeling is every time you get in a Mustang, you feel like you're on vacation. It's just, you know, um, it's just an experience. It's a lifestyle. It's, it's not just a car. <laughs> it's literally an experience and a lifestyle is the best way to uh, explain it. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's no other car following um, with car clubs like this in the entire world than Mustang. I mean, we've I think we've proven that well, well over, you know, I mean, we're over 10 million cars sold. No one else on the uh, domestic brand plate on a sports car can say that. Uh, not even close and to celebrate that and still going strong. And, you know, it's, it's definitely the best car in my opinion. I mean, I'm a little biased, but uh, you know, and (laughs) growing up in Dearborn and having the club here, you know, a lot of people think, well, you guys are all spoiled because you're living there. But as you know, firsthand, it's a lot of work that goes behind to make a lot of this stuff happen. Um, Yes. It's nice to have things like Ford world headquarters as our backdrop for our show, but it's not just like Ford came to us and said, well, can you please have your car show here? You know, we had to work and try to get that. So, but I can tell clubs around the country, just, you know, work hard, go after your goals and make it happen. Well, Mike, that's so true. And uh, for anyone, who, no matter where you're living and listening to this right now, um, there is very likely a Mustang club close to you. And uh, they're pretty much in every major metropolitan area across the United States, Canada, and really across the world. The only the only continent that we don't have a Mustang club on is Antarctica. Uh, so you'll find a Mustang club just about everywhere. If you're confused and you bought yourself a Mustang and don't know how to get in touch with your club, you can simply go to FordPerformanceClubConnect.com and where it says find your club, click on the map, and you'll see where the closest registered Mustang club is uh, wherever you might live, whatever state you might be in, and we've got one there. And that's just the beginning, Mike, because when we talk about clubs, we talk about some of these clubs have been around 10, 20, 30 years, and I think in Moxham's case, even longer. Yeah, um, we're on year 46 right now. But to (laughs) follow up what you just said, John, about the clubs around the country, and, you know, every state has multiple ones. That's the number one reason to be part of Club Connect. I mean, it's absolutely the reason. So Ford knows where everybody's at, where they're located, if they're doing an event, if they need a special car, or if your club just wants to meet up with another one and do something fun or do a challenge or something that you can meet up with or help uh, cross-promote with other clubs in in your state. Um, It's just a great way to meet other people and to help others out and to make as, uh, I don't want to use the old adage, but uh, one Ford, well, one Mustang club, right? And, uh, you know, for everybody to try to get together and help each other, it just benefits everybody in the end, rather than a rivalry where our club is better than your club. That's definitely not my um, look on anything, and I would hope it wouldn't be around uh, other clubs around the country. Well, I, I did want to talk to you about that, Mike, because, listen, uh, I'm lucky enough to travel the country for Ford Motor Company and meet a lot of these clubs. You know, I, I'm very well well aware of my local club and what you guys do and, and uh, just being part of Moxham is, is, is a blast, but it doesn't work that way everywhere. And I know some people may have had a bad club experience where, you know, maybe someone was playing politics. They didn't like the board member or whatever. Uh, and they felt like they were back in high school and they didn't want to deal with the click. But, you know, as anyone will tell you, if you want to um, make things better, you affect change, you get become part of the solution 
rather than part of the problem. And I really encourage people to get involved in their club themselves. If they believe they can do a better job on, a, on an event or getting people together, by all means, volunteer. Because what people don't realize, <laughs> these clubs are all, people are just volunteering their time. They're, they're giving this effort to trying to make it better. And they always need help. How does Moxham get all the arms and legs on the ground to put a show on like the, the hundreds of cars that appear at world headquarters every year? Yeah, you know, so also to, to you know, respond to what you just said about, you know, people, some people are, there's politics and things like that. When I first joined the club, there was um, a few people that I ran into at car shows and I was passing out cards trying to recruit members when we were on our goal from two to 400. And people said, oh, I used to be in that club. I don't want to be with it. You know, this and that. And I go, well, mm-hmm. explain to me what happened. So they would explain. I'm like, well, you know, there's a whole new regime in right now. I, you know, I'd, I'd like you to give us a chance and come with us for a year and, you know, see if it's something you like. And if you don't, then, you know, I understand. And a lot of them did and told me it was the best year they've ever been in the club um, throughout their whole time. And, you know, it's just about the passion and the right people in the right positions. And the board of directors is huge. You, you need to get along. You all need to be productive together and all have the same vision and goal on it. Um, with, with people volunteering, that's right. Everything is volunteered. So the whole board of directors is volunteered. None of us get paid. And, uh, the shows we put on anybody who does a show, um, is just absolutely amazing of what they can do from the volunteers to actually execute this whole thing. So whether it's small or big, um, we have up to 150 to 200 workers each year at our big show at the Ford world headquarters. And that's quite a task because most clubs only have 40 or 50 members to have 150, 200 workers is just insane for any kind of car club. And, um, but I've seen some people do really good. I'll tell you what, Kyle Carraway at the um, Shelby Fest show before, I think they had, I mean, 23 workers there and it was a big spread out event with a lot of things going in. Um, They just had it very well organized and they did a great job with a, a small amount of people. So don't feel you need as many as we have at our huge events. It's just what works best for us because everything is so spread out and we have different committees and different areas to manage. So a few people can't be there. We actually need more feet on the ground. But um, so any car club that's out there and yeah, ask for volunteers. And it's usually the people with the passion and the love behind it that are always willing to step up and and do it rather than someone who's just in it just to be in it. So look for those kind of people and, um, you know, actually try to to welcome them and and form a good group. And that's, that's my best advice to any car clubs around the country. Well, I think in any good group, uh, uh, the old adage is to surround yourself with talented people and just let them do the job, and uh, that's for sure. But a lot of people still are hesitant, and I, I like to say uh, when they get involved in the club, yes, a lot of it is, hey, what are you doing Thursday night? Do you want to go to this cruise in? Hey, this uh, next weekend they're going to this cider mill or the following week. I mean, it's a matter of activity. And yes, you can drive by yourself and you don't have to you know, be with anybody, but it's so much fun when you caravan somewhere and or you're in a park and you're with 40 or 50 or 12 or 100 fellow Mustangers. And it's just it's uh, the brotherhood of the Mustang hobby, the sisterhood of being involved in this hobby, I think, is really what carries the mail, Mike. It's not so much um, the events themselves. I think it's the camaraderie. Yeah, it's definitely to me it's a it's a family and that's part of our whole model with Moxham is that 
we want it to uh, feel like a family atmosphere for you. We're a family club, and it's been like that since way before my days, and we're trying to carry on that tradition um, within the club. And um, we have picnics, and like you said, we do overnights together where we're all staying at the same hotel while we'll basically tailgate in the parking lot for hours on end. Um, some places will have a bonfire or we'll go to dinner together wherever we get there, or we'll actually cook out together while we're there. It actually creates that family feeling. And it's not just like a car club. You come park your car, sit for eight hours on the, on the concrete and then leave. It's, um, we try to make it a lot more, uh, intimate, if you will, um, for our members. So to, to get to know each other and then people become best friends. Like my favorite story is that my dad found his best friend in the car club. And they found out that they grew up literally five minutes apart when they were kids. They were the same age and never knew each other, but they met each other in the car club um, just because of their love of cars. And um, mm-hmm. they were literally best friends uh, forever since since meeting at the car club. Uh, I can see that happening. And I know, Mike, that you know, your club is a, a great example, but I also don't think people realize, yeah, that even though it keeps them busy in the summer and they go to meetings in the winter, uh, they they find all the right places to go, the people to meet, all the the right things to buy. You know, the, the funny thing is, I think when I've been to your shows or really any Mustang show across the country, I don't think I've ever been to one in the last 25 years that ever had two Mustangs exactly the same. No, that's the greatest thing about Mustang. It is the most customized uh, domestic car vehicle there is in the world. I mean, I think the only thing that's got to beat is Jeep. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely um, everybody makes it their own. Uh, my favorite person to ever point out with that is Helena Sumler with all her special cars. I just think they're so cool. Um, they all got special names. They're all different. Um, some of them are stock, but then they're um, odd colors or rare colors. And um, now even her new ones. I mean, it's just there's people like that all over the uh the country that actually love their cars it's basically like i said part of their lifestyle that they actually actually treat it as a child well you know we've seen too mike um it, not just on these local levels and all these local clubs and they get together but it's a national phenomenon i know you and i have been to many of the larger mustang shows across the united states the big ones like um the carlisle ford nationals for example or tulsa the mid-america meet or or the Sturgis Mustang Meter, Mustang Week, which just concluded uh, down in Myrtle Beach. These big shows that bring not just Mustang owners, but groups of people from the clubs that caravan together. And so you turn like a uh, passion locally into a national passion. And I think people who haven't been to someplace like, say, Carlisle, they haven't the foggiest idea how big and cool this hobby really is. Yeah, I agree. And as you know personally, um, but to tell the audience, the Carlisle Ford Nationals is my all-time favorite event each and every year. Because if there's anybody in the industry or in the hobby that you ever wanted to see or meet, most likely they will be there. All the OEMs are there. All the aftermarket companies are there. All the, the club heads are there from the biggest clubs around the entire country. The registries are there. 
You know, so you got the Red Mustang Registry, the Yellow Mustang Registry, everybody you can think of. And it's a lot of other cool Fords, too, not just the Mustangs there. So you'll see the Etzels and the Torinos and, and all that, which is also really cool. And, it, you know, just expands um, the horizon, basically, for all Ford lovers, if you will. But, like, that show is absolutely my favorite. It's because of that reason. And as me and you call it, it's a family reunion each and every year to see everybody from around the country all gather in Pennsylvania for such an amazing event. You know, we're we're kind of blessed to have that. I know that a lot of brands, uh, they're just a transportation device, and you buy them and you drive them back and forth a little while. You throw the McDonald's box bag in the back seat, and then you trade it in a couple of years later, or you give it to Billy or Bobby, and they drive it to school till it rusts out, the wheels fall off, and then you junk it. There's just no connection with this car that uh, when you hop in it, instead of just being frustrated about traffic and uh, angry you have to be somewhere else and when you sit into the mustang and you sit down and no matter what year model or version of the mustang you've had since 1964 it doesn't really matter when you get in and turn the key mic uh, there's just some weird magic that happens you, you you could have a bad day and get into your car and once you fire that baby up you get a smile on your face and i think that's what makes this hobby so unique yeah, who does not love their Mustang uh, firing up? And um, just to steal something that you always say as well is when you shut that car off at night and you park at it, you always walk in back and you always turn your head and look back at it. And they don't do that on a Toyota, I can tell you that. And um, <laughs> Mustang is definitely special. And it, it definitely, I think it touches everybody uh, in their heart because of, of the passion of what a Mustang actually brings to people in their lifestyle. Yeah, and so that's what I want to do with our time on this podcast. And I know, you know, for years we've always thought the Mustang had deserved its own museum. It deserved its own place at Ford. It's, you know, it's deserved all this because it, it's uh, it's a special vehicle that people who own them understand it. And for you and I to see finally that uh, the hobby now is is at a crossroads. A lot of the people who started the clubs. Well, you know, like Moxon in the what the mid to late 70s, some of them started back in the 60s when Mustang started. But most of the the, the, the clubs that have uh, had the same board of directors for years are starting to see that it's harder and harder to get young people in. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what Moxon has come up with? And I know I've been really involved with this this program of yours for the last few years to help not just Moxon grow and and bring in new people but the clubs in the entire area. What, where did that come from and what exactly do you do now to make sure that everybody grows along with you? Um, yeah, so that'll be a two-part answer on there. So let me start with the younger group. For, and um, there's clubs out there. I mean, uh, the Millennial Mustang Registry is a great example of um, youth trying to come together and share their love and passion for Mustang. They're the next chapter that needs to keep this torch burning and carrying it into the next generation. So um, we do special things for the younger um, younger individuals in our club. So we have a special discounted price at our show. Um, they get a special goodie bag. Um, there's a discounted price for them to join. Um, we try to do stuff, to, you know, specific to the younger audience. So, and that's been working out pretty well. And um, we've got a few younger people on the board recently that have actually helped with that, um, you know, with the social media um, impact and to get everybody involved on the younger end. So that's, that's a great start to that. Um, the next thing is the biggest thing that we do, we started, uh, I think it's 10 or 11 years ago now. I can't even remember, but so we created a summit, if you will, um, for 
the we started with Midwest clubs. First, it started with actually clubs just in Michigan. Then it went mm-hmm. to the Midwest, and now we're even branching out even a little bit farther um, to try to include everybody. It goes back to me saying that we're not a club that says we're better than you, or you know we want to do something better than you. We want to work together and give benefits to everybody and every club that's involved that wants to be a part of it and wants to learn from it and wants to take some takeaways from it and best practices and you know, we can't figure out how to do this right. How can you help us? You know, what's your advice on this? Have you guys experienced this? What did you do to fix it? Um, somebody, like I said before, somebody's been there, done that already. And um, we're all there to help each other. And we talk about each other's biggest event of each year. So we try to cross promote for everybody. Um, if somebody calls us and says, hey, you know, we're in the Lansing area. We want to join your club. We'll be like, you know, that's great. We would love to have you too. But guess what? There's a club right in Lansing. So, you know, once <laughs> you join the Capital Area Mustangs. Or, you know, well, we're in Frankenmuth, but we heard about your club. Well, the Mid-Michigan Mustang Club is right there. So um, there's a lot of things where we help each other, and they do the same for us too. Um, but it, it's great to be able to talk to everybody, get on one one page, basically, if you will, and have people like yourself from Fort Performance they're kind of being the the glue that holds them all together and to, you know, offer up the same platform for all of us, like Club Connect. What a great program um, that every one of those clubs could be a part of. And it's actually tying everybody together, working together, and then also get, makes it a huge asset for Ford Motor Company to be able to reach out to those clubs to get what they want or to ask certain things on uh, demographics in a certain area or anything like that that they wanted to do for analytics or you know, any info, it's, it's just like, it's endless. And it's such a great time. Um, we do it once a year, the whole weekend where we kind of focus on our personal club. And then we actually devote a whole day just to the other clubs who want to join us and be part of it and try to learn, lend advice, or just be there to observe and, you know, see what happens. And I think it gets people a little bit more motivated to take it back to their own clubs and, you know, um, try to execute some different ideas that they've been wanting to do that maybe they didn't know how to, but they learned it at the summit and can take it back and actually run with it. Well, that's just the, the same helping hand idea of just being a club member. And I got to tell you, Mike, you know, when uh, I was first invited to the Midwest club summit, and, uh, sat in on what you did with a lot of the clubs. I, you know, I, I'm going to say this out loud to all of our listeners. I think I ripped off the idea to create club connect from that idea. Now, yeah, there was the Ford Car Club Council out on the West Coast. John Kleinert, our good friend, uh, had, had guided that with the help of Ford West Coast Public Affairs. I believe there's almost 50 member clubs there, and they've really cemented the relationships between clubs in that region. But it really hadn't been done outside of that area. And I know now even the Mustang Owners Museum has their own little council that meets at the museum. So I think your idea has really been picking up steam. And when it comes to Club Connect, Mike, um, I, I, I kind of stole it from you. Are you mad? <laughs> no, absolutely honored. And like I said, well, I remember when you first told me about the concept of it, and I think it is the greatest thing ever. And I, I, I think Ford sees the value of it too. We just need to get it to the clubs to let them all know what kind of benefits you can get from this. And I think that's the biggest message we need to get out there is, like you said, there's 800 clubs out there. Why aren't every one of them a part of Club Connect? A very good question, Mike, and that's that's why they have an enthusiast communications manager, and that's why I think if the more we come to the clubs rather than waiting for the clubs to come to us, I think there's the difference between Ford Motor Company 
and our hobby than any of the other companies because, yeah, you can caravan to, say, Carlisle with your fellow Moxham members or you could drive to any of the events together. Uh, I get that. But what about if you're in a small little club in in the middle of a cornfield in Illinois and you never really, you only have the one Mustang, you never really go outside your own club's cruising and the one show they have at their local Ford dealer, and that's your whole life. Well, if Club Connect doesn't come to them, if I don't get in our Club Connect Transit and drive down there and set up a tent and hang out with that club all day, give them free posters and prizes and understand their needs and wants and how Ford can help them, then that touch doesn't get made by Ford. And it all becomes because your club has set the example of saying, you know what? We've learned how to do some things pretty well. And if we share that information with all of our local clubs, we can start you know, joining in on their party too and make it one big statewide party or one big Midwest party and pretty soon one big U.S. of A party. And I think, Mike, you should really uh, use that as a source of pride for Moxham. And I got to tell you, it's a challenge. And here's the question we're going to pose to our listeners. And Mike, what we're going to do, since we're going to be talking about clubs, the hobby, the challenges, uh, both for young people and for old, we're going to talk about all the things that affect you as Mustang lovers and owners every other week on our podcast. So what we want to do is be able to have a forum for people to, yeah, you can listen to Mustang podcasts and you can hear this guy or that guy talk, but um, you know, he might, he might be entertaining and you know have some information that you like. But would you like to ask a question? I like about when I go to a Moxa meeting and people ask, ask the question directly to you, Mike, and the president, hey, what about this? Here's some feedback for that. I think we should open this podcast up to everybody who has a question uh, about the Mustang hobby or anything related to any Ford Club activity that they can send a question to clubhub at ford.com. And all you have to do in the subject line, just put podcast. So if you have a question about, hey, uh, I got a, I got a SN95 and I I'd like to know who really designed that car. I don't, whatever your question might be, we can have, we have the resources to find you answers and get you help on all the things that make your Mustang ownership worthwhile. So whether it's where do I go for certificates of authenticity? Have you ever heard about these track events? No matter what it is, no matter what you may have on your mind, Mike, I'd like you to help me answer these questions because between your contacts, and our ability to find the people in the hobby. I think we could pretty much solve a lot of people's questions and problems just by answering their emails. So would you help me do that, Mike? Absolutely. I would be honored to do that. Um, Another thing that all the clubs, I think that you've seen realize is that your touch is you're saying, you know, rather than just being something on social media or on a website or something like that, you're there in person. So that's talk about deep and grassroots touching. Um, that is it. And, you know, they can ask you a question in person, face to face, and they treasure that. And if anybody doesn't believe that, try to follow us around in the cart at Carlisle and see if we don't get stopped every minute <laughs> that we're driving. It's because people appreciate what you do what Ford Motor Company does, like you said, no other uh, OEM in the world does that, what Ford Motor Company does. And um, John, I think your relationships with clubs around the entire country is priceless. And I think they all value that. And you see that 10 times over when we're at an event, how happy everybody is to see you because it's their way to connect personally with Ford Motor Company. You know, you're their person. And, um, 
that's such a great, great feeling. And I'm glad just to be part of, uh, as a small part ambassador to also help with that. And I just think it's a great thing. It's a great thing to see. It's a great thing to experience. And it's always great to be able to help others. And like you said, if there's a question they need answered, and if we're the ones able to provide that answer, I mean, that's just amazing for us. It gives us the, the you know, warm, fuzzy feeling inside that we actually <laughs> helped somebody. And like you said, we don't get paid for this. It's just, you know, yeah. our, for the hobby and the people. And, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely be honored to help you. And, uh, let's grow this thing, uh, you know, as big as it can get. Absolutely. And Mike, I think part of the issue we have right now is that, uh, you know, this program has been out for a couple of years. Not every club knows about it. I have the platform FordPerformance.com. I'm lucky to have an entire enthusiast section on FordPerformance.com. And people say, well, what is that about? And I, the simple answer is it's about you. Because when I talk about an enthusiast section, if you're a Ford enthusiast, the content there, it doesn't sell you anything. It just talks about your life as a Ford enthusiast, the, the places you go, the cars you drive, the people you meet, the collections, the, the shows, the museums, the events. That's that's what we all love. So FordPerformance.com is great and everything. And, you know, it's got oh, close to 2 million viewers. But guess what? That's not the whole hobby. And a lot of people don't even look on Ford Performance. They don't get fast news from Ford Performance every Thursday and an email blast. But, you know, if they went to Ford Performance Club Connect, Mike, they can see that news posted there every Thursday. And I tell people, steal it. I think your webmaster really gets it. He says, man, I see this great stuff and Ford provides it. So on the Moxham website, you have fast news, all the great stories that are on there every week that we search the country for. Your webmaster uh, affectionately known as Ziggy and Craig, I hope you're listening. Um, he will go out and say, hey, did you guys see this? Because Ford is talking about us. And I think, Mike, that's the hard part. You know, talk about Facebook. Um, you know, there's so many Facebook pages. I remember I was pushing the Mustang 2 reunion, and I talked to Angie Caesar out in Upper Michigan. I said, hey, did you guys, uh, I think we posted it on one of the Mustang 2 websites that we're going to have a reunion. And I said, so we're all cool. She said, which one? I said, there's more than one. She said, they're 16. So how do we get the word out on just not social media, but on, on in the club world, on the enthusiast world? That's the hard part, getting the word to, the world to know that we're out there and we want to help them. And, Mike, you know, if I use your, you know, leadership and example, um, I, and I stole that, sorry, but I'm not sorry. I'm so glad that you, you know, saw that that's the way to bring people together and you know, I think that's the goal. And right now, Mike, we need to do that because I think there's so many young people that are driving around in mom's old beater or whatever junker they have, and they don't understand. Man, I gotta get, I gotta get more fun and going where I'm going. Traffic's not great. Driving's expensive. Um, maybe we need to get more people in a Mustang experience so they can understand the joy that you and I have when we drive. And I think, Mike, that's going to be a challenge. Um, yeah, you know, it, it definitely will be a challenge, but you know, that's where I think club connect comes in so well. If, you know, Hey, we're planning a trip to Missouri. What clubs are there? Um, this is what we want to do with our Mustangs. We're just taking a road trip and can we meet up with them or do they have any suggestions? What's cool to do with Mustang world in the state? And, you know, there's, you know, and if we could post things, so, you know, I know we talked about like having a ticker and things like that. So if there was a Mustang 2 reunion coming up or Fox Body reunion or something like that, that we would put out that every single club connected in, in Club Connect 
would get that message and be aware of it. They can let yeah. all their members and every one of those clubs know about it. And what would the turnout be at all those events that when stuff like that <laughs> happened, they reach all them with one click of a button. Um, that's what's missing in this hobby. That's never been, never been there. And I mean, that is what I think we need to try to accomplish. And I think, if you're a Mustang club and you're not open to hearing all that, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'd want to know all that news instead of finding out after. Like, hey, how did I miss this? Why didn't I hear about it? You know, there's yeah. no reason you miss that. Yeah, and that's that's exactly. So that's there's our challenge. But you know, and, and even right now, I can give you a couple examples. For example, I had a call from a, a Mustang club president who said that uh, for years their club relied on their local Ford dealership uh, for sponsorship and a place for meetings. And, and then they, um, the principal had passed away and passed the dealership down to their sons or their family, or maybe even changed hands. And now they don't uh, see any value in having the Mustang club there, even though most of the Mustang club owners and those Mustangers have more than one Mustang, like your club, they also have they're pulling that classic Mustang with an F-150 or their wife's driving an Edge or an Escape or the kids are in a Focus or just, I mean, these are Ford customers and they don't see that. And she said, how can I, how can I get that sponsorship back? You know, we were able to work with that club and show them how we can contact that dealer and show them the value of supporting club members and people who are enthusiasts because they're their best customers. And then it, then it makes marketing sense. In fact, I was out at, um, Mike, I know you uh, you were busy on Labor Day weekend, but I had to go out to Boise, Idaho, to the um, um, the this is an annual uh, international Mustang meet they had there, and um, I was working the tent, talking to people, and giving away Mustang posters all day, hundreds and hundreds of them. And one guy went to hand him a Shelby GT500 poster, and I said, "Would you like a Shelby poster?" He said, "No, thanks." I said, "What? Why not?" He said, "I don't have a Mustang. I'm here with my friend. He's got the Mustang." So I gave him the poster, and I said, well, what kind of car do you have? He said, I got a Toyota Supra. I said, oh, the Mustang copy. Yeah, that, that, they tried really hard. Do you guys have, where's the Supra show today? He said, we don't have a Supra show. I said, oh, well, do you have a, he said, well, we do have a, a import show that I go to. I said, oh, great. Listen, is, uh, is Toyota there? Because Ford's here today with all these Mustang owners. I wonder if Toyota would be there. He said, no, they don't, they don't go there. I said, well, it's time to trade that Supra in on a car that, has a following so much that the company wants to be there with you. And I think that's the kind of message that we bring home to young people. Mike, I feel sorry for any young person between the ages of 16 and say 66, because I still feel there's young people at that age who have not experienced driving a Mustang. So Mike, I think the challenge is going to be not just uh, helping people uh, get answers for being in the hobby, but now, how do we grow this thing? How do we spread the word? And I'm so glad that you're going to be able to help me. And doing this, again, for everybody that was listening, is sending an email to clubhub at com, And in the subject line, just put the word podcast, and we'll take it from there. There's so much more to cover, so much more ground. Mike, again, thank you so much for being with us tonight. And I look forward to hearing from everybody in the hobby how to make these Mustangs go faster and be more enjoyable in the future. So thanks for joining us tonight, and we'll see you next time.